Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning in today, whatever day of the week it is that you are listening, wherever you are in the world. You can always find us at pathtozion.com and on YouTube as well where there are videos series that are posted there. We're working on some more stuff now um, to do at least, I don't know, four or five new videos um, to post probably, and it's probably going to be the end of the week if we're just realistic. I, I mentioned something called the, the coffee cup principle uh, the last recording we did a few days ago, and I have not had a chance to get that recorded. It's something that has to be recorded visually um, in a video. It's going to have to be something that you can actually see and look at. And frankly, time just continues to be short. Uh, Availability, anyway. Time never changes. (laughs) Um, But my availability of using it has been quite challenged lately. Driving along today, a beautiful spring morning. Um, man, I don't know where you are in the world. You're probably most likely in the United in the United States. Here we are in southwest Virginia. And we had almost four inches of rain in 24 hours. And so, man, like even right now I'm driving through um, this area of, of heavy national forest woods. And, and there's a, a stream here to my left. And whoa, man, is it moving. Um, Not a good day to jump in there and do any kind of trout fishing, that's for sure. Well, why in the world am I talking about that? Well, unto no no purpose. What I do want to talk about, though, for a couple minutes, um, as I remind you that you can email us anytime you'd like with questions, challenges, um, requests for prayer, a phone call, a a visit, should we be able to get to where you are or, or have you come to where we are, you can always do that at pathdesignpodcast at gmail.com. But I just want to talk about this morning I was reading in the book of Micah. Just reading some of the words. I was in Ezekiel first, and I just found myself reading just a a lot of things that really take some time to understand. I don't claim to understand them all in their fullness whatsoever, but I will say that my present moment view, vantage point, as I look upon them, I just read them in such different light than I than I used to. Um, I didn't have any understanding towards really what they're saying when it talks about, I'm trying to even think of, of what to bite off <laughs> um, as a little bit of a prelude into this. This is very unscripted. You do realize that, especially when I'm driving out. I don't have notes or or anything formulated. I'm really just thinking towards what I... We did do a whiteboard this morning on this in Micah chapter 7 specifically, but this is just like, let's turn on the recorder and start talking. And so, you know, let's be patient and see what unfolds. But with that being said, it's interesting how... For Okay, example. Two years ago, okay, only two years ago, when, when referencing the Son of God, I said what I had said for the previous 45 years of my life at that time. I would say the name Jesus. I would, in my prayers, I would pray to Jesus. I would, 
in the midst of the assembly, I would declare out of my mouth something to Jesus. I would sing songs to and about Jesus. I would read Bible verses and I would say the name Jesus. I would talk to my son, who was seven at the time, about Jesus. And I would use that name. Now, without getting dogmatic or, or crazy or exclusive to, to in any way insinuate that if, if and when I said the name Jesus, it was of, of no power, no authority, no, no real substance, because that wasn't really the Son of God's name. I'm not saying that. There are people who say that, and, you know, we can get real hard real fast and, and, and promote more exclusion. But instead, let's just talk about this. Like, let's just begin to insert, and, and I have many pages written on this, and, you know, I even referenced weeks ago that I thought I might go here, um, there, in a in an upcoming study, but Right now, it's just it's just more than I can it's more than I can take on appropriately. And there are many other people, many people, who have done in-depth studies, written books, done video series, um, hours in length, talking about, in a general sense, the importance of a name. That names matter. And and what I like to present anyone that I talk to, and very few are willing to talk about it because it's an offense issue. Because as with anything, and this is kind of where we'll be headed in the next episode or two, um, with my coffee cup principle, is if, if we ourselves, or anyone else for that matter, are, are set and position, positioned very sensitive towards offense, these things, we can get nowhere together. If, if me bringing a question or you bringing one to me, if this is not one-sided, of course, it, this always involves multiple individuals. But if we are set to be offended by someone saying, hey, can I ask if, if you have an understanding that possibly the name of the Son of God matters? The name of, of G-O-D matters? Um, I have seen... <laughs> I, several times we'll, we'll be very, um, we'll just be very fair and, and light towards that. I won't make it an extreme, like dozens and dozens of times, hundreds of times, <laughs> but many memorable times. This immediately is a is a prick of offense for many Christians, believers. When you start to to even ask questions about. Do you think maybe that there is something more to our, our, our holding, if you will, our, our understanding and approach to the power within a name, within a word? Um, one guy that we listened to years ago and still do in, in small measure now, um, one of his, his catchphrases is, words mean things. And he talks a lot about Hebrew understanding and and the original dialect and, and what the authors of the Bible were, were intending to say and, and instead of what we have interpreted to be saying. And he often says um, what I really like, which is words mean things. Um, words matter. And I would also say names mean things when we're talking about a proper biblical approach to our life, 
who we are communing with, who we're talking about when we share our testimony or when we talk with our children, when we pray, when we read, when we study, of course, that, that there, are, there are many people who will just quickly discard that as saying, look, I speak English. We've talked about this many times in a broad sense. I speak English, so in English, the transliteration comes down to the name Jesus. Or, as I've often referenced even as of late, that many people say, I can call God God because he knows who I'm talking to. Um, and that's a broad, man, that's a, that's a very deep topic to bite off if we're even going to hit just the main points. And I'm not attempting to do that today. But what I am talking about is when we properly translate the Word of God, which is, which is quite a task, by the way. I hope you know that. That's why we must study to show ourselves approved. Because as I have been alluding to, this, this book I've been reading that, that is examining how we got the written Word of God into our hands today, man, it is, ooh, boy, we, we, we carry so lightly the, the, the written Word. We just assume that if I bought it at a Christian bookstore and it says Holy Bible on the front, these are the eternal, perfect, unadulterated words of God. <laughs> and friends, that's just not true. And that's, man, that gets very dangerous. It gets very tough. It almost seems impossible, admittedly, to, to study ourselves enough to know what is really true the best we can, the best we can, the best we can give ourselves to. And so when we do that, we have to go back and we have to dig out the most ancient, accurate text we can. We cannot just trust translators and generations and generations and generations of opinion that has literally doctored and altered what has landed in our hands that gives us why am I talking about that specifically? Even the names of God and His Son. We have to know what we're talking about. We have to understand what we're saying. And I would present today, and again, we're just going to briefly talk about Micah chapter 7, verse 7. Let's just read the text so we move to this specifically. As for me, I will watch expectantly... For Yahweh, I will wait for the Elohim of my Yeshua. My Elohim will hear me. Now, I realize to many people this is just gibberish. As I talk about all the time, it's quite comical how if, if anyone is just kind of coming from a, a basic Christian background and, and would hear this, they'd be what they would literally say, what, what are you talking about? What, what is this saying? Now, if we read it in our modern-day normal translations, most people would resonate with that. Oh, yeah, I know that verse. Maybe. Micah's a little bit obscure. We don't hear about um, the words of Micah the prophet with real, really much regularity, other than a few verses that are extracted to encourage us and give us favorable promises and, and covenantal blessing. But otherwise, for the most part... He just kind of lays, he's just a, a quiet little prophet guy 
who just kind of lays in a strange place in our in most layouts of the Bible. But I, I, I brought out this morning a couple things in the whiteboard teaching that I just wanted to record here. And the, the first thing is there, there, was, a, there was an understanding and, and, and is an understanding that a lot of people just don't quite understand correctly because of the name issue. Because we just see the Emmanuel God-man as, as an identified Jesus... And, and we have, I would say, we've kind of humanized him too much. He's fully God and fully man, fully man. He was as we are in many, many ways, tempted in all ways, all these things. There was nothing he was immune from because he was deity. But I think we have to be careful that that the Christianity that we have been handed throughout our generations does not lean too much to the humanization, if that's even a word, about Yeshua, the Messiah. Now, why is that, and what do we mean in in tying that together with what I preceded this with about how names matter? Well, his name is Yeshua. Now, some would say Yahusha, but whatever, you know, there's some, some differing some differing uh, opinions of that name specifically, but we know his name was not Jesus. And this is not an argument. We're not saying, again, to be clear, because I have to be clear, I'm not saying if we say the name Jesus, it's thereby deemed completely useless. I'm not saying that at all. Again, I said that for 45 years of my life, okay? (laughs) It doesn't negate all of my entire journey or even my regeneration experience. But we are to build upon our understanding and what we know and what we discover as we study and as we learn and as we dig deeper into the layers and layers of truth that are hidden for those who seek it out. And so as this prophet Micah was talking, there, there, are, there are some specific things said that, that are made very clear for a very specific reason. Because when he said, I will watch expectantly for Yahweh, I will wait for the Elohim of my Yeshua. Now, what is he talking about there? Now, Yeshua or Yahusha is salvation. If we're, in, if we're inserting ourselves into the Hebrew dialect, Yeshua, the son, the God-man was named as such because he was what? He was the fulfillment, the prophesied man that embodied salvation. And so, to be clear, when Micah would have said salvation, he would have said the name of the God-man. He would have said the, the Elohim, and we'll talk about that in a second because I realize not everyone understands this, the Elohim, the god of my salvation. Your version very likely says, I will wait, I will watch expectantly for the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation is very likely the version that you know. But if we dig deeper, this is expanded and in, in, in more, I believe, fulfilling its purpose of why this was written and recorded with the words and names that it was. Because we have to remember that, that at this time frame, 
there were a lot of people who understood the principle of Elohim, little e. Now, just in case you don't know, because not everyone knows this, and I didn't know this until probably only three or four years ago, is that that Yahweh God, the God of Israel, the God of all creation, He was and is and forever will be the Elohim of Elohims. He is the God of all gods. And what does that mean, friends? Now, that's scripture. That means there are other gods. Why are we told you shall have no other gods before me? Well, because there are other gods. It's not just spiritual metaphor for don't have, you know, don't have idols in your heart. It could be golf. It could be uh sports in in another sense it could be a boyfriend you know what i'm saying this is not just some some mystical metaphor this is an actual understanding that people in the ancient near eastern culture completely understood that we've just lost today they understood that there is a a plethora of gods little e elohim so when micah was saying specifically my elohim my God, I will wait expectantly for Yahweh, Elohim. There was a reason behind that of saying, there is one true God that I worship. My Elohim is Yahweh, Elohim. And in the middle of the text in Micah 7, 7, I will wait for the Elohim of my Yeshua. Okay, so Yahweh, Elohim, the one true God of all gods is seated upon every other God, principality, power, authority, human and spiritual, and he's my Elohim. He is my personal Elohim, God of all gods of my own life, and he is also the Elohim of my salvation, my Yeshua. And so, as we look back at prophecy, as we look back at any kind of understanding we can add to our lives, um, peering through the eyes of the prophets, in anything Old Testament, well, anything, period, for that matter, but especially the, the prophets of, of the Old Testament, we have to remember, there were things that needed to be spelled out clearly to make a point that, I'm, I'm, why am I saying this? Let's just bring this to a close. I'm very short on time today. Today, we have so watered down who our Elohim is, I believe it's become very confusing. Because Jesus is such a, a broad figure, if you will, a, a broad individual, you could walk up to many, many people right here, right now, especially in the South, and say, do you know Jesus? Many people would say, hands down, absolutely yes. And... Without a deeper inquiry, you very much might just errantly leave a person not truly being in Yeshua Messiah, which is what? Salvation. Salvation wrapped up in a God-man individual. And so, I don't know why I'm bringing all this up specifically, other than I just I constantly feel a caution when I talk to people that I meet, um, or anyone that I love, anyone at all. I feel such a, ca- a caution that, like, there is a reason for us to be specific. 
Now, many people would say it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, okay, does it matter if we call, you know, does it matter if we call our salvation Muhammad? Well, of course, that's not Jesus. All I'm saying is, is it possible that the Jesus that has made its way down to 2021 Christianity is not the Yeshua, Yahusha, salvation of Micah chapter 7? I feel like there are, the more I study, the more I look into this, the more the Father takes me deeper into levels of understanding that I have not possessed my entire life. I'm realizing the more I find the Yeshua Messiah of the eternal written word of God, the more I see he looks vastly different than the the modern day Christian Jesus I have been handed, that I have known. He's, He's beginning to look very different. He's beginning to be, oh my gosh, so much more multifaceted and huge than I ever knew Jesus to be. And so today I would just challenge you with this thought. In your own life and in your verbiage when you talk to someone at your church, at your, at your Bible study, or when you meet someone, if you're someone who, who tries to share the gospel, I think I already alluded to this the last podcast, but in case I haven't, and if I'm redundant, I apologize. But I met a man roughly a week and a half ago now who basically asked me, do you know Jesus? And I said, well, that really depends on who you're talking about, friend. And he was baffled by what I said and was like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, who you say is Jesus might not be my Yeshua. He might not be my salvation. And so I am more than willing, and this did happen for three hours, I said I'm more than willing, as I met this man, I'm more than willing to talk about my Yeshua, my salvation. But it would take some time to answer this question because it's not merely a yes or no presentation. It's not an answer that can be summed up with, yes, I believe in Jesus, or no, I do not. Right? And that's what I'm saying today. In light of even this verse in Micah 7, 7, I believe that Micah was making it clear by his verbiage. I will wait for the Elohim of my Yeshua. My Elohim. I'm pointing at myself. My Elohim. Capital E. He will hear me. And what do we know about all of the texts as we wrap this up today uh, of, of just historical things, not stories, about many endless Old Testament examples about how it was made clear, whether we talk about the prophets of Baal and Elijah or um, the, the, the temple of Dagon where, where the ark was carried in and, it, and the, temp, and the um, image of Dagon fell after his hands, and I think his hands at least, were cut off. And then the next morning he was on his face. And like there was an understanding that I, that I fear we have lost with a proper understanding of my Elohim, okay? Like, my Elohim may not be your Elohim. And I think there's a rightful holding of that for us to have in our lives, present day, that it has got to be clear who our Elohim is. Who is he? Who is our Yeshua? Who is he? (laughs) 
And so I want to make it clear, and I want to challenge you to make it clear that you yourself know, that you understand in your heart now, not just your words. Our, our words will follow what our heart perceives and has received as truth. That maybe there's more to this walk of Christianity than just God, or do you know Jesus, or ask Jesus into your heart, what are we saying? What are we insinuating when we have this Christianese verbiage? I'm telling you, as recently as this morning, and I need to end this right now, my wife and I having what is an endless dialogue right now of we have got to know why we believe X. Why do we believe that? Have we searched that out and studied that for ourselves? Or have we just been handed a generational doctrine, and we don't even know what we're saying. Which means, maybe we don't know why we believe what we do. And that's okay if we are willing and postured. We're back where we started to bring it to a close. If we are in a place individually and towards brothers and sisters, and towards anyone for that matter, if we are open to be confronted, open to be challenged, open to be questioned, free from offense. There's hope for us. There's hope for us. There is hope for those who are so secure in the Elohim of their Yeshua that you know what? My identity is not threatened because my entire life is being found, is, is, is revealing and seeking out to find places in me that are just not true, just not based upon what I have been told is truth. And so if that's you, friend, then then amen. And if it's not, I want to challenge you to find a place to go to where you can you can resolve that issue in your heart where you're just not offended. Where you're not rattled if someone questions why you say the name of Jesus or why you just say God or why you gather on a Sunday. Or why you don't do Sabbath. Friends, we've got to get to a place where someone can be invited to ask questions. And it's not easy. Because we're human beings with emotions and wills and arrogance and pride. And every last one of us, myself included. So may we labor to be humble. May we be submitted to one another like we're told to be in the body of Messiah. As we try to understand who in the world is the Elohim of our Yeshua, do we know him? Not in fullness. Not in fullness. So may we move further and further out into the deep waters of searching out what is true and what the Father desires his children to walk in as mature sons. Rightly handling this word of truth, dividing it, establishing it, in our lives first and foremost, and in our households. So may this be true for us today. You've been listening to the Path to Zion podcast. Find us online, 24-7, pathtozion.com, and on YouTube, and on Facebook. You can message us there or via email, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Amen.